Our deficit will grow. More families will go bankrupt. More businesses will close. More Americans will lose their coverage when they are sick and need it the most. And more will die as a result. Hello and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. And I'm David Kestenbaum. It is Friday, September 11th, 2009. At the top of the podcast, you heard President Obama talking about what might happen if we don't pass health care reform. That from the speech he gave in front of Congress on Wednesday. Today, we are talking about health care too. But first, I need to cut out our indicator. <laughs> are you going to tell us what that is, David? Yeah, this is... a. Uh, this is my Nexium Purple Plus savings card. I just printed it out from the internet. I'm cutting it out. Nexium is a heartburn drug, a drug for heartburn. And this card, it, it's kind of like a coupon. I go to the pharmacy, I plunk it down on the counter, and it says here I can use it to save up to $50 a month. So that's our indicator, 50 bucks. Right. It is a coupon, which, which may sound straightforward, but I got to say that coupon actually has a kind of dramatic story to tell about the economics of healthcare, and one that we will tell. First, David, can I just say, it is so appropriate that not only did you print out that coupon from the internet, but you are cutting it out right now because I did not realize this until recently, but you are a serious cheapskate. Hannah, I, I prefer the term price-sensitive American. <laughs> Ooh, price-sensitive American. Okay. But the other day, I'm only saying this because the other day, David, we brought David's friend into the studio. His name's John Rockoff, and he works for the Wall Street Journal. You're going to hear from him in a minute. But we sit these two guys down, and before we can even start the interview, David and him are telling me about this dinner they went to last night, and they spent like 10 minutes telling me how much everything on the menu costs, that they didn't get the steak because it was way too expensive. Could you believe it's so expensive? And you, you spent like a long time talking about a burger, which burger was... Yeah, that there was there was a Kobe beef burger, and I didn't get it because I thought it was kind of on the expensive side for a hamburger. <laughs> I, I would say we are okay with spending money. We just we just don't want to spend more than we have to. Right, and you like to talk about it a lot. Like, what about those yogurt coupons? You talked about those forever. Yeah, Rockoff really likes yogurt coupons. I eat a lot of yogurt. <laughs> What's your coupon? What does it offer you? It offers uh, five for the price of four Stonyfield yogurts. All right. I have one in my wallet. You I do? Keep, keep it around it. just in case. David, do you have one of these too? No. I wish I did. <laughs> Are you about to go get one? <laughs> oh, it's on the back of the, the yogurt cover. I eat so many yogurts that I have a collection of these hanging <laughs> on the refrigerator. <laughs> See, Hannah, that just seems like good financial planning to me. Anyway, if you're if you're done making fun of us, I want to get back to the other coupons, the ones for drugs. Yes, okay. As we mentioned, John Rockoff works at the Wall Street Journal, and he wrote he wrote a great story about these things. Yeah, I really like this story too because it gets at this question that we've really been wrestling a lot with here: the the role of health insurance, and you know how health insurance companies can contain costs. So just to set up this story, you know, imagine you're a health insurance company. Your business is basically collecting premiums from a bunch of people, from your members, and you build up this pool of money, and then you pay for things. So every month you're paying for your members' surgeries and CAT scans and drugs. So drugs, drugs are a big expense for you. And the thing that really, really irks you, the health insurance company, are those 
brand name drugs because a lot of times there are brand name drugs and there are also generics and the generics are way way cheaper and often they're just as effective but people they always go to the doctor and the doctor mentions the brand name or people see it advertised and then they go to the pharmacy and they choose the brand name so that really bothers you the health insurance company because you end up having to pay for a drug that's sometimes three or four times as expensive as the generic but not to worry because you have figured out a perfect solution for price sensitive people like David Kestenbaum and all of, his, all of his yogurt buddies. So, and actually most people. So the insurance company basically says, okay, you can have that brand name drug, but there is a copay. So you've heard of copays. When you go into the pharmacy, you have to pay 15 or 20 bucks to get the brand name drug. And most people have some Kestenbaum cheapskate in them. So they go for the generic and insurance companies, then they save a lot of money. So for them, it's great. It's a very effective way to contain costs. Yeah, until... Yeah, until, until you and your scissors. <laughs> Me and my scissors, yeah. So so here's what happens. The drug companies see those copays and they say, what the heck? You insurance companies, you are making patients pay more money to get my drug. That's totally unfair. You're discriminating against my product, which, by the way is not exactly the same as the generic. Our product, we believe it works better. It has fewer side effects. And you're charging a copay. That is discouraging people from picking it when otherwise they would, and we think they need it. So fine, we, the drug companies, we have a solution. We are going to give out these gift cards that will help patients with their copays. Okay, I'm done being the drug company. So these these coupons are out there. They land in front of us. The cheapskate yogurt coupon clipping customers like me and John Rockoff and the rest of us out there. And John Rockoff with the Wall Street Journal says these gift cards are not called gift cards. They're called copay assistance cards. The drug company's thinking is this: is um, so copays have been really successful, and um, there's been been some research that in some cases they're actually too successful, and they discourage. Um, David Kestenbaums from getting medicine that they should be getting um, because of because of the out-of-pocket price, right? And so drug companies see this and, um, uh, you know, obviously they want to sell their products. And so they institute these copay rebates. And, um, you know, what they're hoping is that uh, this will in- increase the compliance of David Kestenbaums who might otherwise not you know, take drugs because of the copay cost, as well as maybe, you know, get uh, David Kestenbaums who might switch to the generic to stay on their drug. Um, not all drug companies offer copay assistance um, cards for, for their drugs, but a lot of them do. And, you know, what we what we found was that there are dozens. And some of the most expensive drugs, drugs that cost, um, you know, as much as $24,000 a year, have these cards, as well as some of the leading sellers like Nexium and um, Lipitor, which is the top-selling drug in the country, lowers cholesterol. And are those are those um, drugs for which there is a generic equivalent, or no? Are those the latest generation that they're offering the card for? Yeah, no. Some of these drugs, um, there are they do have generic equivalents. Some of them they don't. Some of them just face competition from other brand name drugs. And um, so, what the insurance companies say is that these. These co these copay assistance cards are are really a marketing tool designed to grab market share from competing brand name products 
or to keep market share from competing generic products. And, um, and they say that when we're trying to control health care costs, which are spiraling out of control, and we're trying to actually help keep health care affordable for our members, the last thing that drug companies should do is try and circumvent the system. Right. I think that was what was really... Um I think that was what was really compelling to me about the story is that we've been talking a lot about who in the system is going to contain costs. You know, is it going to be the patient? Is it going to be the doctors, the hospitals? And the insurers seem like an obvious place in that they are paying the bills. They have an obvious, you know, incentive to want to control costs. And and here this seems like an example of where they really are trying to do that and they're getting thwarted by these cards, right? So they've they've made an effort to try to encourage people to go with the cheaper drugs and that that effort is getting messed with. That's right. Yeah, the drug companies are sort of messing with their effort to control costs, but the thing to keep in mind is that like a lot of things in healthcare it's an imperfect approach, right? As we talked about earlier, um I mean, some of these copays are really hard for for folks to afford, and we're not just talking about David Kestenbaum's, who is you know goes to the restaurant and decides to get the you know regular cheeseburger rather than the Kobe beef cheeseburger. We're talking about people like a an office manager who I spoke with who you know can't afford you know uh, forty dollars of groceries a week. And for these people to pay $25 or $40 out of pocket for, you know, her drug every month is is a lot. And so the drug companies say, we've got to help those people out. And that's this is how we're doing it. And so it's a really tough balance, right? And this is the problem with, that policymakers in Washington are facing with health care right now is sort of how do you balance helping people afford the medical care that they need with controlling the costs that result from it, right? Right. Will you just tell us a little bit about that, that you interviewed that woman? Who, who was she and what did she tell you? So she was a, um, uh, a, an office manager secretary in uh, upstate New York and um, um, 63 years old, and she was on um, Nexium, heartburn drug, and she thought it worked wonders for her. And um, she had tried the, you know, generic and over-the-counter drugs, and they just didn't do it. She said that um, they aren't the same, no matter what, you know, doctors or scientists might say. Um, but the copays got so prohibitive that um, she switched, and she felt bad. She felt she didn't feel as good as she did when she was taking Nexium, and um, so she was really, really grateful that that the makers of Nexium AstraZeneca provided this copay assistance because it allowed her to get her Nexium and not have to pay forty dollars out of pocket every month for a copay. She said that forty dollars I need for groceries. Right. So that can I, so uh, were, that woman you that woman you interviewed was she in a position where she was going to have to pay more for the generic than for. Uh, the brand name Nexium because there was this help with the copay for Nexium but not for the generic? I think with with the copay assistance, she's paying less for the Nexium than um, she would for the generic. Oh, really? So it doesn't even just level the playing field. It actually makes it cheaper. Yeah, depending on the copay, you can actually get the drug cheaper than the generic. That's the point, right? The point is to... Oh, I actually thought the point was just to make them equal. 
Oh, no. I mean, it depends on... I mean, there's a lot of variables, right? I mean, um, co-pays vary depending on what insurance plan you have. The plan will set different co-pays. They'll put drugs in different tiers in the formulary on the plan, and each tier will have a different copay amount. So it's hard to talk in generalities, but um, the, copay, the copay assistance can reduce the cost of, of you know, your uh, Kobe beef burger to below the cost of your regular old, you know, cheeseburger. So you can have a situation where, the, where you have some patient, this woman, say, suppose she believed that the generic was just as good and she didn't believe in spending money, but she's now faced with this situation where I can pick the generic and I know that saves the system money as a whole, but for me personally, it pays to, to get the brand name because I'm getting this help from the drug company. That's right. So for, for the insurance company, the reason that this... The reason that this matters to me as just somebody who, you know, gets insured through my employer is not the, the drug company is not just paying for the copay and that's the difference, right? It's much more than that. Can you explain that, how that's, that, that, that That's a good point, yeah. I mean, we're helping out that the, the copay assistance is helping out that secretary in upstate New York get her Nexium because out, out of her pocket, she doesn't, she do, she's paying less. But what the insurance companies are saying is, that she and everyone else who works in her office and um, is a member of her insurance company is actually, at the end of the day, paying more because the insurance company has to spend the extra dollars for Nexium, And as a result, its total spending for the year is going to be up. And then as a result, it's going to have to raise the premiums on that secretary and her office workers and everyone else who's a member of their insurance plan in order to afford the extra cost for Nexium and all the other drugs that have the copay subsidies. And so it's those hidden costs that the insurance companies say that they're trying to stop. Right, because to her, the difference in price in these drugs is the $40 or however much the extra copay is. But actually, the difference in cost in these drugs is a lot more. That's right, yeah. Hannah, this is one reason, I think, why economists use the words market failure when they talk about the healthcare system. <laughs> I know. I know. Talking, talking to John Rockoff, I feel pretty defeated about the whole notion of containing costs. There's just so many competing interests in the way that our healthcare system is set up right now. It really, it's like everyone is just doing what makes sense for them. And in the end, we end up with all this waste. So we are interested in doing a story for the radio on these copay assistance cards. If you have used one, we would love to hear from you, love to hear what you think. Send us email, planetmoney at npr.org. And we've got a blog. It's pretty cool, npr.org slash money. Right now, we've also got a weekend to have. So I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. And I'm David Kestenbaum. Thank you for listening.